0: And Welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright. I am joined, as always, by Nikki Kinzer.
1: Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, everyone. Welcome.
0: How are you, Nikki Kinzer?
1: I'm doing great. How are
0: you? I'm doing so well. We're recording this. I feel like we have to at least acknowledge it. We're recording this on Election Day. Uh, It's 8.36 in the morning, uh, a, a contentious election, and we're doing this specifically so that we can avoid thinking about the polls.
1: Right, right. This is our distraction.
0: It's our avoidance strategy. (laughs) We don't know any of the results. By the time this airs, uh, we won't have had time to record a new podcast. And so who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, uh,
1: Well, yeah. Oh, boy.
0: I know. It's, okay. it's just so much, so much anticipation. So that's what we're doing. There is a nervous energy in the air, and we are going to talk about ADHD in the workplace, continuing our series of conversations today, prioritizing and finding focus. Uh, before we dig in, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. Better You can subscribe to the show right there on the website or anywhere fine podcasts are served. Of course, we would love you to subscribe to our mailing list. Uh, it, it will send you an email, each time a new episode goes live, you can still connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD and call 503-664-4ADD to get your voice and your questions on this show. We'd love to hear from you. And and in fact, we do open with this question, uh, right? This comes yes. from a listener. Yes. Excellent. So
1: this came from um, in my last newsletter. I asked you know people to, to ask me questions. If you have questions about the workplace and, and ADHD or challenges that you want us to talk about let us know. And, and, uh, and Terry did that. So her, uh, response was my challenge is prioritizing projects and staying focused doing them. I think having my email open is a huge distraction, but my work is using email for a lot of it. And so I looked at this and I thought, ah, Terry, you just gave me the topic for next week. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what we're going to talk about. And I really see three things going on here. You know, obviously prioritizing, focusing, and, uh, those nasty distractions. Um, but we can't talk about all three of them in depth in one podcast show. That would be unfair <laughs> and yeah. it would be really long. Um, so what I wanted to do is just sort of um, hit some key points on each of these things. And I specifically, Pete, at the end, I want you to talk about this email um, thing because I saw that and I thought, oh, I bet Pete has an answer for that. So yeah,
0: I, I definitely do. So where would you like to begin? Should we start with this conversation on prioritizing? Well,
1: I kind of think so because it's pretty hard to stay focused if you don't know what your are priorities are, (laughs) right? right. Right? It logically makes sense that you need to know what your priorities are before you can really, you know, tackle focus. Uh, so yes, I think that it, it, it's a good place to start. And I also think it's important and I know this sounds kind of silly, but just to remind ourselves what this word means, what does it mean to prioritize? (sighs) and it you know you break it down and it means that you have to make a decision on your most important tasks what you're going to be doing first and, and that
0: seems to be the biggest <laughs> challenge if you are struggling with ADHD is. at work
1: it is right because it, you have to decide and uh you know making decisions is not easy and there's a lot of self doubt on if you're making the right one and there's also that that uh feeling that everything is important they all have the same importance and um, it's hard to. Decide. Distinguish even if logically you know that something seems more important than the other, you can still kind of figure out a, a an excuse, right, to make the other right. one more important. So, you know, I think that it's important to know what prioritizing means and why it's difficult for you, and then you can kind of start to break it down a little bit. Um, another thing that happens here, obviously, is, is people get overwhelmed um, because they don't know what to do and they don't know how you know, what they should do next. And so they shut down, they avoid and, uh, keep beating themselves up. And that's a cycle that we want to, uh, stop.
0: Right. Right. Because, you know, although all of those elements are what keep you from remembering the the tools that you already have in your toolbox to right. fix those things, right. You just Absolutely. forget them. You're blind to them.
1: That's right. And that's, that's what I'm doing here. That's, that's a great, uh, lead way there because that's what I'm doing is I'm, pro- I'm providing you tools that you probably already know, but it's just, um, time for you to remember them.
0: You know, I we were in, I had this conversation with my wife just last night uh, about helping my daughter with dealing with some of these things and the tools, you know, reminding her what tools she has in her tool box, right? And I thought this metaphor was so great. Can I share it? Yes, please. So she said, you know, it's like learning to swim. It's like learning to float on your back for the very first time when your mom or dad is in the pool with you and you are on your back and they have their gentle hand on the small of your back holding you up, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you feel really good and really confident just knowing that that back is there and you feel like you're doing what you need to do to float on your back. You have the skill and you are you're using it and you're you're internalizing it. And what could happen at that point is mom could say, "Okay, good job. You're on your own and leave. And immediately you would forget what you are because you haven't internalized it completely yet. You'd forget and your butt would start to sink and suddenly you're not floating anymore. Right. Right. I I think, you know, in in this case, you know, what we were dealing with last night is that uh, my daughter says, you know, I know the skills, I know the tools, and why should you... Uh, why should I use them, you know, to try to find success when I know I'm going to fail? Well, that's the same thing as in the pool. You haven't practiced it enough with help, with the tool in order to really make it your own. You have to give it a chance to work. That's what these tools are all about. You need the support until you can do it by muscle memory.
1: 100% agree with you. Yeah. That's right. So let me remind you what those tools are. Yes. Now, as I was saying earlier, I mean, there are, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about, you know, with prioritizing and focus. And, and so there's a lot of tools out there, but I'm going to, these are my favorite ones.
0: Okay. So we'll go
1: with that. So here are a few tips to keep in mind when you are prioritizing. Uh, I think you've got to be really clear about what your projects are, what your tasks are, and what your goals are. And, you know, I think that a lot of times we get stuck because we aren't clear about what needs to be done. We have this big project, but we really don't know what the first step is, or we really don't know, you know, what we need to do. And so I think we have to really be clear. Ask if we're not sure, ask your coworkers, your boss, whomever it is that's doing the project with you um, just to make sure that you have everything that you need to know. So I think kind of gathering that information and making sure that you're clear and, you know, my favorite way to prioritize is just really looking at the deadline. I mean, it's such an easy criteria on what to do first. If there's a deadline, if there's a strict deadline. Now, if you're making up deadlines to try to fool yourself that this is a deadline that doesn't always
0: work. That's right.
1: Right. But if you know that your boss wants something by Friday, then it's pretty clear that you got to do it on Friday. I, because of our schedule this week, we are recording on Tuesday instead of Friday. And I just remembered yesterday on Monday that I had to plan for this podcast. So obviously that was a priority for me to get done yesterday, right? Because there right. was a deadline of of having this be done, you know, by 8 30 in the morning. Um, so that's a, an easy way to do it. I also think looking at impact, um, is a good way of looking at prioritizing and can make the decision easier for you. If it's impacting other people than just yourself, you know, if your boss is waiting for you, if it's if your spouse is mad about something or a child is depending on you for something, those are things that you're more likely to get done or, or make a priority. So you can look at that deadlines impact. Um, and I think it's also a good thing to remember that priorities can change. I mean, you know, depending on um, things that are flying at you during the day. I know that a lot of the people that I work with are they don't have a typical day and they always have things that, that come up that, that they need to take care of. And, um, so I think it's a good idea to look at what your task or your daily task list is and, um, making sure that you're still working on the right stuff.
0: You know, there is I, I like to refer to it as the luxury of deadlines or, or even the luxury of impact, because for me, it removes a decision barrier. Right? Right, if, right. If all my tasks are equal, then it's very challenging. But as soon as you think of a deadline as being a luxury that that allows you to remove an element of consideration, that's great. That is great.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. And that's exactly it. If you can eliminate yeah. things as you go, that that's going to make the decision a little easier for sure. Now, as far as focus goes, you know, now that you know what work needs to be done, you know, how do we stay focused? And, and, uh, you know, one of my favorite ways to do this is, is something that you and I have talked a lot about before, and that's that time blocking, that gating your time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, I mean, this has definitely changed the way that I do my work just in the last few months. And um, it definitely helps with the focus because you're scheduling a certain amount of time to work on a certain task uninterrupted. And if you gate that time, then what we're saying is we're saying then appointments do not get scheduled during that time. You do not check your email during that time. Um, nothing else is, is getting looked at or worked on except for what you've already decided. For me, that means that notifications have to be off. It means that my phone has to be in a different room. The little bar on the bottom of the computer has to go down. You know, So <laughs> even if I don't hear the notification on email, if I see the little red circle come up, I'm immediately wanting to check it. So I've got to put Mm -hmm. that down. Um, and really I look at it as that the world just doesn't exist, you know, during that time that I'm working on this project. So we could have a new president and I wouldn't know if I was, (laughs) (laughs) if I was working on this project, right. Or, I mean, that's how I look at it is that you just have to kind of close everything around you. Um, And then I'm also a big believer in working in small increments of time. And I think this is so important if you have ADHD, um, especially if you're tackling tasks that are hard for you, are boring for you, you've been procrastinating on. Uh, Those are so much easier to approach if you're only doing it in 15-minute blocks rather than trying to dig into it for a whole half.
0: Afternoon. Truly, truly. And I, I cannot stress this enough. The, the idea, particularly at work, you know, to this this concept of ADHD in the workplace, if you exist in a universe in which other people can schedule time with you on your calendar, right on your electric if other people can get into your calendar and, and you know, occupy your space. Mm -hmm. By request, I cannot stress how valuable it is to block off your work time as an appointment. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of, I I have my to-do system and my calendar. I open them side by side. And on Sunday afternoon, I take five minutes and I drag tasks from my to-do application onto my calendar and it creates, you know, appointments, hour-long appointments by default that I adjust. And so I book my week with the activities that were from my task list into the time because people can book Time with me on my calendar and I'll end up with days that are one hundred percent booked with meetings and can't get any work done for the same people that are scheduling time with me. So right. you're actually doing a service to others if uh, if you block your time out appropriately and are able to deliver that work to to focus on it in a in a timely manner. I think it's I, I think it's a hidden gem of a of a secret kind of way to manage your calendar and work.
1: Absolutely, I agree. And you know, it's interesting because a part of my business is, is to develop these online courses, right? And, uh, I've got a new one coming up here very soon that I'm excited about, about paper organization. So everybody needs to stay tuned for that. Um, but this is something that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. There's a lot of people, uh, Pete, you being one of them, Mm -hmm. um, that is, when would you possibly
0: develop this program? If you didn't get your time, when would you possibly do it? You wouldn't you could especially because your job is exactly the same if you weren't developing this program your job working with people virtual coaching leading groups right. all of that is people booking time on your calendar and i imagine you could get booked up your entire day could be booked mm-hmm. up in a snap
1: mm-hmm. or what happens is that it's like every other hour so that's a disruption too right because right. if you have somebody at 1 and 3 and 5 it's really hard to get anything done in those hour you know right breaks. And so um absolutely I had to when I did the second program, because you always learn, right? <laughs> you always learn as you go. Uh but when I developed the paper solution, which is coming out very soon, uh <laughs> I feel like a pitcher. You know, one of yeah. those like people <laughs> that right. are You're on like car- you know the Today bonker. Show. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um But I knew that when I developed this program that I was going to have to be more strategic and uh, I was going to have less time to get it out. And so, yeah, I blocked, um, one full morning, uh, during the week and one full day where I knew that was all I was going to work on. And then there was always a couple hours in the morning that I could do it during, uh, Tuesday through, uh, Thursday. So yeah, you do, you have to, you have to block it. But to your point, yes, it's very important that I block that time to get it done. Otherwise, it would never get done. And that's not what I want. I want this out for the world. So, yeah, right. Um, okay, so then the the second thing that I want to talk about is actually em- embracing that you have ADHD and that you're going to get distracted. And I know that sounds kind of strange, but I think if you embrace it without always trying to fight it, you know, there's something to say about that, right? Um, yeah. You- Give yourself plenty of time. If you and I know that time estimation is very difficult, and, and I'm not saying that this is easy. Um, and what I'm actually saying is that you want to add time. So if you think something's gonna take you an hour, give yourself two hours to do it and track it. You know, just be aware of how long it really does take you to do certain tasks. Break those things down. You don't have to do everything at once, but just sort of embrace the fact that you are gonna take more time on certain things. If your work permits this, I would work on different different... different projects. You know, um, if you're getting bored on something, then go ahead and switch to a different, uh, project, you know, but being mindful that you're not ignoring the most important. I mean, that's the thing is we don't want to avoid the most important project because we're bored. So it's a, it's a fine balance, but what I'm saying is it's also okay to, switch that up a little bit.
0: Totally. Well, and and this is also easy. If you have a lot of tasks, likely some some of them may have the same sort of date impact or, uh, you know, uh, other people impact, right? And so you, you probably can jump between a couple of them knowing that you're working on them. Just don't ever try to work on them at the same time.
1: Right. That's not good. Um, But, you know, I like what you were saying is that you actually look at your tasks, your to-do list, and you're matching it to your calendar and you're saying, I'm going to work on this project during this time. And I think that that's actually a really good way to keep this idea in balance, you know, that you know that in this hour, this is the project I'm going to work on. I know this is going to get a little old for me. So then the next project is this. If you can kind of intentionally plan for that, then I think that's going to be in your favor and that balance, you know, is... It, you are being mindful of it, so that's
0: and and, and I should add as caveat. You know, I said that uh, you know my calendar. When I drag things from my to-do list over to my calendar, it defaults to an hour-long appointment. I could never focus on that thing for an hour long. But once it's on my calendar, I adjust the duration to fifteen minutes or a half hour, whatever it's going to take to get it done. Mm-hmm. So don't think that that all Pete does is hour-long blocks of work all day long, because I would I would be pulling my hair out.
1: Right, right. Uh, so,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: well, and then the other thing. I want to talk about this is sort of a... a comparison to meditation. So when we talk about meditation and ADHD, we're saying, you know, when you're sitting down and you're meditating and there's thoughts that come into your mind, we're saying to embrace those thoughts, right? Like to, to recognize them and say, yep, they're, the, you know, there they are. Um, but right now you need to kind of move along and then you focus back on your breath. So you're not putting mm-hmm. judgment on your thoughts. Um, and you're, you know, you're recognizing them. And it's the same thing when you're focusing on a project at work, work, if something comes into your head or pops into your head and you don't want to forget about it, then write it down you know, you're acknowledging the thought. So have a piece of paper or have however you track those things down next to you so you can write it down, recognize it, document it, and then move back onto your, you know, onto your main focus. So I think, you know, just recognizing it and not trying to push it away again is embracing it. And then I think having cues in place are really important too, just to kind of remind you, I had a client who absolutely loved this because what she put anytime that she was focusing on a important project, she would put a little sticky note on her computer that said, are you working on the right thing right now?
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. So she only put it on the computer when she was focusing on something specific. And so it didn't become wallpaper. Right. I mean, it had to be something that she could see and it was that visual cue of, okay, where's my mind? What is open? Is it supposed to be open? You know, just kind of reminding you to, to get back on task. And we talk about this a lot, but taking those breaks when you need them, you know, I think it's it's not only a visual cue that you need to have, but you got to listen to your body. If you do notice that you're wandering off or, you know, it's really hard, you, you've read the same thing, you know, a hundred times and you're still not retaining it, that is the time that you probably do need to get up, go outside, get a little exercise, get some water in you, maybe eat something. Um, that's self-care. It always comes back to that self-care, especially with focus. If you're taking good care of yourself, it's going to be easier to focus. And um, I have to leave with that because I just think that's so important.
0: Absolutely.
1: I'm leaving, but you're not. Well, I'm not leaving the show, but I want you to talk specifically about Terry's point in the email about what, how do you deal with that distraction when email is part of your work, but you know, it's distracting you.
0: Well, you know, there are so many different kind of elements to this, right? And not knowing just like, I understand, you know, work uses email. That's, that's one thing. It doesn't really say uh, enough about the kind of work that you're doing. So uh, let's assume in our first case that maybe you're a customer support agent and you get email all day long and your job is to respond exclusively to email because there are people whose jobs is that, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then that's not really a problem because all you're doing is emailing and you you know that's your primary function. Your primary function is not doing something else that is then interrupted by email. Your primary function is email. So embrace it and just your email is open. When it comes in, you address it, you move on, send. And file. The, the second case is you're somebody who's working on something that involves other people and you have to email and exchange with them a lot. And I think this is where uh, people end up getting in trouble, that email is just always open because they know the next thing that comes in might be important to what they're working on right now. the The caveat to that is it might not be. I am so bullish on this idea of going into your email client settings and turning off how email refreshes your inbox, right? Because you're usually in, in most email clients, you have an option that says, I want email to send me push notifications, which means as soon as a new email hits the server, it's going to push directly and notify me on all my devices. Uh, but then you have these options to manually refresh your inbox folders, like, uh, you know, every one minute or five minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, uh, or manually. And if you set refresh to manually, then your email will not notify you, even when new email hits your inbox, because it won't come to your computer unless you manually click the refresh button. Interesting. I never knew that was true. But here's the great thing. You can still send Right, You can queue up all the email you want and write a bunch of email and send it all at once and know that only, only when you hit refresh will your new email come in to notify you. So uh, that's one of those things is understanding how the settings work in your mm-hmm. email client to make sure that you can customize them in a way that allows email to come in. I know in, uh, you know, Outlook users uh, have the option to, well, everybody has the option to do this, to go work offline. So you can say, I'm going to check my email. I'm going to put an appointment in my calendar to check my email at 8 and at 1030 and at 130 and at 430 and get a little reminder on your calendar, which is, let's say, your gospel for how you work, that you need to go in and and work online and, and do your exchange of email. While you're working offline, again, you can write as many emails as you want, add attachments to emails and documents, and queue them up in your outbox. But only when you elect to work online will all that exchange of email activate. Your new email will come in, your outboxed email will go out, and it will give you that sort of flexibility of being able to work an email, but not be bothered by email throughout the day, unless you want to do it. So much of this is all about taking ownership of notifications, and the computer wants to own notifications, but you have to own them. You have to own your notifications. They are not there to dominate you. And uh, use them, because if you let the computer do it, Then the notifications that are really important, the notifications that will teach you how to work, how to build muscle memory and work with your ADHD, those will have less sway with you because they will get lost in a forest of computer owned and dominated notifications. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. What do you wow, think? Does that help? I love
1: that. Yeah, it helps. It helps a great deal. It helps me. Hopefully it helps Good. Terry too. Um, and I would just ask anybody else who has questions um, about ADHD and the workplace and uh, all of these things that we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks. If you have another question or suggestion, we love those too. Uh, let us know so we can share it on the show.
0: Thank you, Nikki. I love this conversation and I love this, uh, The you know, bringing it back to the workplace. And uh, I, I often think that I am a little bit jaded because, uh, you know, it's been so long since I've worked in a corporate office, but my goodness, how quickly it comes back when we start talking about it. Oh, I know. Uh, I know. Such useful stuff. So yes. uh, hope it helps. Thank you. Nikki Kinzer on behalf of Nikki Kinzer. I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you uh, next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.